I really want it to be 80s newscaster music. This show is not allied with any sect, denomination, political entity, organization, or institution, does not engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any cause, neither do we. We're not affiliated with Al-Anon or any other 12-step program. The opinions expressed here are strictly of the person who gave them. Please take what you like and leave the rest. Hi, I'm Corey. Hi, Corey. Hi, I'm Claire. Hi, Claire. And this, and this is, is Crosstalk. Crosstalk. Whew, it's been We're a long time, back. Corey. We're back. We've been on a little hiatus. Uh, it's I'm true. Sure all of our fans have been chomping at the bit to get more recovery. I have uh, had people ask. I'm not going to lie. They do ask. The Instagram is, is there's, definitely There's like, you know, there's curious. like two or three of them out there that, <laughs> that are asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get current first then because I will make an amends to our listeners that I think I'm the principal reason this podcast has probably not been taking place. I pretty much worked myself to death in the fall again. Um and uh, just was traveling constantly, like every week. And it was really strange because I used to do that for work for my entire life. And I don't like it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be on a plane every week anymore. I don't know why I thought that was normal or okay. But it's certainly not where I want to be at this stage in my life or my recovery. So I was, I was pretty much gone, like from September to December. But uh, we're back and I'm excited. To be back sharing the rooms, I mean, my program has definitely taken a backseat to my life, and uh, I'm really excited that this was such a central part of my program, and I'm so excited that it'll be back in my program, because for me, it's been a really beautiful way to be of service, especially when we don't have, and now we're in person, but I moved from LA to Portland and don't have my old rooms and need to find new rooms, and you know, have resistance to that, obviously. Um, so I'm really, really happy to be here today and, and back with you, Claire, and back with this program. And um, I've been ex- uh, invited to speak at a conference in February, an Al-Anon conference, which I've never been to. So I feel like I'm sort of like uh, exercising again so that I can go to the competition. Not that it's competition, but you know what I mean? Like go to the, <laughs> the exhibit, exhibition. And uh, hopefully have something meaningful to say to all those lovely people in, in Austin. Um, so I'm excited to kind of hear what I hear from you guys today because I'm definitely working my program every day in subtle ways, but not not in the traditional sense of working the program. And I've never taken a, a kind of hiatus break. Not that I meant to take a break, but I've heard a lot of people have and do. And that's kind of where my recovery is, sort of learning the boundaries between where I used to be, which was, you know, four times a week, all my friends are now and on, that's all I do, to, you know, being engaged again, having a house, a dog, having a whole other life, and trying to incorporate Al-Anon back into this new life, which isn't a fully Al-Anon focused life. So um, that's where I'm current, that's what I'm working on. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to share it with all of all of our listeners. I'm also curious what what's going on with you, Claire? Thanks for your get current, Corey. Um, I just loved hearing you just speak to where you're at. I think it's been such a wild, like last year and a half for me. And um, 
I, I, you know, pro, like the traditional sense of program for me also isn't in place in the way that it used to be in my life and not in, um, not to like any negative impact on, on me. Right. Um, because like we evolve, like that is the whole goal here is that I'm growing and evolving. And so does my program then, you know, because my program can't serve me the same way today as it did when I first stepped into these rooms. Like that just doesn't make any sense or I would be the same person. And that's like, not what I'm, I mean, progress looking for progress here. Um, and so it's been really great. The last, my, I have a, my, my partner just moved in with me, easiest move I've ever had in my whole life. It was so easy. Um, you know, and I started a new job back in September and that's been going really great. Um, again, just like I am at a place where like there are really clear boundaries and like people are really respectful and you ask for something and you're heard and like people talk things out and like, um, it's just great. It's really great. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm compensated accordingly. Um, and, and I feel like I'm appreciated. It's just lovely. And I have, a, and I have time for all of my creative work that I feel like I've always like backburnered and that's really like hurt my heart for a long time. Um, and I've like, that's just been coming in like effortlessly. It's people asking, Hey, do you do this? Do you want to do this? Are you interested in this? I heard that you do this. I was like, <laughs> I may kind of, I could try that. Uh, you know, some trying new things that I, uh, have always wanted to do and just like having so much fun in life. And, um, <clears throat> I was like randomly sick yesterday, just like out of the blue, it was really bizarre. And like, I guess maybe like a 24 hour flu or, or, or whatever. I never had a fever, but, but I was like, had the chills and all this. And I really, really tried to work. I really tried to work. I was like at my desk and then I would like put my head down at my desk for a few minutes. And then I was just like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, right. Like, I'm going to go lay down. And so then I laid down for a few hours and then I was like, no, like my partner came home and was like, yeah, you're not going to do any more work today. And I was like, cool, you're right. And, um, you know, and it was just, it's like that, uh, which kind of brings us around, right, to, I think, maybe our topic today, you know, which is like being in this third step uh, prayer, you know, and being in yeah. a place of like, of like letting, letting my higher power um, show me and being available. My life is incredible today because I've let my higher power show me because I've just listened, gotten out of the way, really, really, really listened you know, even if I didn't like what I was hearing, even if my will or my want was like, that's not what I want. It's like, well, try it out because maybe you will want that. Maybe that actually is what you're looking for. You just don't know that that's what you're looking for if you've not tried it yet, you know? And um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that's my get current. I love that. I I want to introduce our guest, but you know, one thing that that has been really clear to me, like I had a client drop out of my roster, just about 40% of my current take-home pay. And Mm, just immediately was like, my first, I didn't have one single first scared reaction. My absolute, Mm. absolute first reaction and second reaction and third reaction was, okay, I wonder what's coming next. Because there's yes. obviously something better is coming. Duh, HP yes. will take care of it. Yes. And so the one thing that does, I think even if I'm not in a meeting, even if I'm not working my steps every day, 
it's always like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. HP will let me know and the God will let me know what needs to happen next. I don't really have to worry about that. And that worry sort of never really comes back for me to the way it did before the program. But uh, mm. step three is interesting. I don't think about the step three prayer as much. And I don't even use the step three prayer that much. And our guest today is working on step three and wanted to talk about step three prayer. So I am very excited to introduce Nina. Uh, and uh, welcome to the pod today, Nina. Hi. And thank you for having Hi. me. Yeah, I'm super excited Absolutely. to be here. Yeah. Well, you've always had one of the most amazing recoveries, and I can't wait to have you share it with our listeners and then to crosstalk it, which is what we do here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so um, uh, Claire, you, oh, I can time since Claire's recording. Sure. How would you like your time? So how, how long do you have? Just a 10 um, minute. About 10, 10 minutes. minutes. And, and yeah. a, this is like a regular share, what it was like before and after. All right. So Whatever, five and yeah. three. All right. Yeah, you can focus on a specific thing if you want. It doesn't, you know, we're yeah. really, we're really cash here. We're really like, <laughs> relax. It's a loose. Okay. All right. Well, again, I'm Nina. And, um, I came hi, in like, hi, I came into the rooms over 15 years ago. Like, I don't even know, maybe 18, like, like I was one of the lucky ones. I came in pretty, pretty early. Um, and, uh, I came in because, uh, I was, as most of us obsessing about an alcoholic, um, drug addict and in a codependent relationship, um, I was dating at the time my manager who was using, um, who was doing Vicodin, Coke, everything. And we had like a unspoken deal. Like I took care of him. I would try to keep him on track. I would hide his bottles. I would uh, shame him when he did too much. I would demonstrate how awful it was when he got drunk. So I would out drink him, you know, jump in pools naked and do crazy things to show his behavior, what it was like to be on the other side. And I was just, you know, completely crazy. Um, not self-sufficient through my own contributions, um, feeling completely misunderstood, feeling very talented, but had nowhere to show my talent and yet feeling very low self-esteem and hating myself and feeling like a fluke. Um, and, um, um, when, you know, I was, as I said, trying to, you know, get him sober and then finally, um, he hit his bottom, you know, 12 Vicodins a day and it, it was really bad. And then he found AA and then I saw him and within a month he had become everything that I wanted him to be. And he said, if I never see you again, go to Al-Anon. And I was like, Al-Anon? I'm not going to go to something I can't even pronounce. And then um, I went, and very quickly um, I realized it was what I've needed my whole life. And I went to two to three meetings a day. I, um, you know, had no tools. I would just sit and judge. And I'd be like, yeah, that's that loser I saw earlier. He's doing two to three meetings too. Ha ha ha. You know, like one of those. And, um, I, after six months, finally got a sponsor not the sponsor I wanted, but the sponsor that came up to me 
and she was everything that I ever needed. And I started working the steps and, um, she was the first human being I ever trusted. And the first question she asked me first, she told me that she's like, everything is okay. You're going to be okay. And that was the first time anyone ever said that to me. And then she said, how, how bad do you think your life is from a scale from one to 10? And I was like, maybe three. I read like all these rock stars biographies. So I was like, maybe I'm like three. And she goes, no, honey, you're like a nine, 10. You know, your, your childhood was bad. So I started, you know, uh, becoming brutally honest. I started relearning everything from scratch. I did everything my sponsor told me to do because it was better than whatever I could think up on my own. So whatever she would tell me to do, I would do. Um, I went with her and bought, she, uh, she's like self-esteem. You got to have wear sexy lingerie. I don't like sexy lingerie, but I went to Ross with her and bought sexy lingerie. I did everything she said. She said, uh, what's your favorite thing to do? And I was like, yoga and vegan raw sushi in Santa Monica. She's like, slap it on the credit card. So you feel good and massages. So I was slapping everything on my credit card not understanding what I was doing. It was a very scary time. But what happened was I started very fast to feel very good about myself. And I went back to a career that I left a long time ago and made like 125 bucks a day. And within a few years, you know, I got my day rate up. Like, you know, now I can talk about stuff like that. So I got my day rate up to 10 grand a day. And I bought my place and I transformed my life, transformed my life. And then I felt so good that I left Al-Anon because I didn't, I didn't have time. You know, I didn't, I don't have time. I'm like, you know, I got, you know, I'm supermodel. I got my record deal with Warner Brothers. I'm doing movies. I'm like, woohoo, you know, I got my plays and, you know, and, and, and within six months, I pretty much lost everything. I was back to square one because um, I remember when I first got my record deal, one of my earliest songs was I Sabotage Beautiful Things. And, you know, the core of me was still unwanted, unloved and alone. And I still felt that I didn't deserve it. And I still felt that was a fluke. And I still felt all of those things. And just because I got recovery that fast and, you know, the program was kind of carrying me, it wasn't in my DNA. It wasn't in my cells yet. So, um, yeah, I lost it all. I, thank you. I, I, I sabotaged it. I, um, I, I would do that thing, you know, where I would find people who believed in me so I could believe in myself, you know, so I would have all these juggles, uh, with keeping, having, you know, keeping these relationships going so I could feel good about myself so I could pursue my career and do whatever I had to do. And, um, and then I finally, I think I finally, you know, in Al-Anon, I have so many uh, bottoms and I finally hit another bottom and I, 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 I reworked my steps again and uh, I just got more and more honest. And what I learned was uh, doing this program that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what's good for me, how I see myself um, is, uh, is, is not always, uh, the right way. So I have to turn my life and my will over to God, you know, with the third step prayer. And, um, it's one of my favorite prayers that my sponsor had me do at a very, very early stage. And my favorite part of the prayer is relieve me of the bondage of thyself that I may do, that I may do thy will. And it's the relieve me of the bondage of self. I was such a slave to my past.
you know, I, my programming was I'm too ruined. I can't be in a healthy relationship. I, I still can't trust anyone in intimacy. You know, I, all, all of my choices and everything that I did was because of my past. You know, I just went home because my mother died and I had another huge, you know, God shot, you know, where I sat there. And then I realized that subconsciously, you know, I lived my first half of my life from my dad. I was a high school dropout. I left Denmark when I was 14. I, I left my family when I was like 10 because my dad was violent, went to jail. My mom was gay, married another woman. So I was kind of on my own since I was like 11, 12 years old uh, and just bouncing around with grandparents and older brothers and, you know, and then went to London when I was 14. But I realized that everything that I've done in my first half of my life, I went to NYU, I got on the Dean's list, I went to Juilliard, I went to the Bolshoi Theater, I went to, you know, New York City Ballet and made my dad proud. I bought my own plays. And then the second half of my life was, you know, my mom, she was, because of the time she was raised and the family she was raised, I she was born in the wrong body. So... I became what she always wanted to be. I became the rock singer, amateur boxer is how I made money to support myself through college. I had my mohawk, I rode my motorcycles, I told everyone to fuck off. You know, I would be pumping and raping some blow up doll on stage and I was just like, Rah! you know, my mom was like, that's my daughter. <laughs> I would only wear boys clothing. You know, I had a black picket fence. I mean, I was just like, and then, you know, in the end, I was like, what, what is, you know, what, what, I mean, I have all of that, but it's not who I am. So I feel like this program for me has just allowed me to go through all of these, try on all these different, you know, personalities and careers and, you know, with my sponsors and God holding my hand and then finally find, finding the courage to realize that I'm extremely vulnerable Thank you. I feel everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I take everything in. Um, if, if, if I don't do my work, uh, if I don't do program, whatever I put before program, I'll lose. If I don't do my writing and meditation, if I don't go to meetings, I have nine sponsees. If I don't talk to my sponsees, if I don't make outreach calls within a week, you know, I'm one of those that, you know, I take in everything, you know, the guy in the grocery store, that's a little grumpy, the guy that's hunking at me, you know, I, I take everything in my skin is still very, very thin. And uh, I feel every everything, you know, and I have learned that's like my, my, my vulnerabilities, my superpowers, you know, that's what I've learned. And, and I've learned I'm not damaged um, enough. I, I have found true love and I'm so happy and I, I, I believe in it. And I've just, you know, they, they talk about the, the steps will restore you to sanity. And I feel like for the first time in my life, you know, I can, I can, I, I, I have faith now at a, at a deeper level that I can have it all. You know, I still have the belief you can't have a baby and, 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 be, and, and, and be in a relationship and have a career. And, you know, I still think you can't have it all. But the difference is now, I know it's crazy. I still have those feelings, but I, I do it anyways. I have, you know, I have a loving relationship and I take time out and I, and, and I have my career and I'm, I, I truly don't believe you can have it all, but I, I do it anyways. So, uh, 
So yeah, I'm just, I mean, without this program, I wouldn't have a life without this program. I don't think I would be here. You know, I had a suicide attempt at 18 and I wouldn't be here. I think if I didn't have this program, I, I think Al-Anon, the Al-Anon disease, it's a very, very, very serious disease. So I, I take this program very seriously. It's my number one in my life before everything else. So thank you for, for letting me share. That's wonderful. We're clapping. That's what we used to do in the room. Yeah. Well, Nina, thank you so much. What a beautiful, beautiful Um, share. Thank you. Go ahead, Corey. I know you want to jump in. I've always... (laughs) I've always loved your, well, I mean, someone has to keep this ship running. Uh, it's all my responsibility. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I loved, I've always loved your, your recovery. I'm curious though, cause you did bring up this, this break. I know I brought it up earlier, so that's probably what I'm curious about it, but the mm-hmm. break that you took, you know, how old were you? How long was it? And you know, what sort of precipitated it and what sort of ended it? Well, it was, um, it was six months and um, it, 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 it was just like with everything, like I had a manager at this time, I was signed to Warner brothers and I had a manager who was very abusive, sexually abusive, but he was the biggest manager. And I remember he was like, Hey, you know, you should come and have dinner on my hotel roof. I'm in town. And I would call my sponsor. She's like, no, we don't do dinners. We do lunches and coffee. You know, we don't do dinners. And I was like, well, if I, you know, the people please, I, I should go, you know, I should go, you know what I mean? I went, mm-hmm. I had the dinner, I wake up in, in a hotel room and can't remember anything in a robe, you know, you know, just in a robe mm-hmm. naked and cannot remember anything, you know, I was drugged and my boyfriend at the time came and picked me up. So that had a profound effect on me. And then it just started, you know, because I took my own will. I, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I I would do things where I knew I shouldn't do it. Um, you know, I'm, these are very extreme situations that I'm using right now. Like my boyfriend, when I got signed, you know, I, 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 I knew that we weren't doing well and we were working together. My sponsor was like, you should not work together. You know, it's not a good, everyone's telling me in program, you should not work together. I signed the record deal and we worked together. My Warner Brothers was like, he's holding you back. We're going to fire him. And then he was like, well, if, if you fire, if, if you fire me, I'm taking all the songs with me and you can't use the songs. And, you know, you got to start from scratch. You know, we've been working on this for years, you know, so, but I didn't listen because I can, you know, Warner Brothers was like, Hey, we need to go a little more pop with you. And I was like, I'm going to change the female rock of history. You know, I'm going to be the female Trent Reznor. I'm going to show you guys I'm not changing my style. And everyone told me, Nina, you got to play ball. You're with a major label now. You, this is not your own thing anymore. You got to play ball a little bit. They're willing to, you know, but I was so hard headed and living my will and making fear based decisions because I wasn't checking in. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted what I wanted. And I just came, I just got further and further and further away from the program. And that kind of, uh, I think little God voice, you know, my higher power is that little voice inside where I knew Nina, don't go on a rooftop at 10 o'clock at night to have dinner with your manager, you know, like don't do that in his hotel, you know? And, um, and I just had such, you know, I just started, I just, I, I, I just, yeah, again, everything I put before God, you'll lose. 
So I, I just lost it all, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I would, with every, I just, I, I lost my, my modeling. I lost my music career. I lost, I was doing movies at the time. Uh, I, I quit another band that I started because I wanted more money, you know, and they were paying me amazing. You know, it's like Cirque du Soleil and Massive Attack. And I'm playing in front of, you know, minimum 10,000 people every night, sick dream gig all over the world. And I just wanted more money, you know, and everyone was like, you know, baby steps and, you know, and I, I, my, I, I became unreasonable. I made fear-based decisions and, and that was, that was a huge things. And then it was all the small things, mm-hmm. you know, I started eating things like my diet started to change. I, I used to juice every day. I've juiced my whole life. I stopped juicing. I started drinking more, you know, even though I'm not an alcoholic, I just started, I just started slowly losing everything that I've worked so hard on building. Mm-hmm. And I, I just sat there with nothing <laughs> you know. after six months, miserable. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to go back. And, and I listen now, you know, when I make outreach calls and I do my columns and I apply the steps and six people that I respect are telling me, you know, I can use a situation like me. Uh, I, I found this partner that is everything I've ever wanted. And he's in the middle of a divorce and it's taking a little bit longer. He's working really, really hard on it. And he's moved out and all this stuff. But my pride and ego is like, you haven't signed the dotted line yet. So I made like on January 7th, if you haven't signed the paperwork, I'm out, you know, and it's that hard thing that's based out of fear. It's not really who I am. It's fear. You know, of course he's going to leave his wife, but I just want to, it's a control thing. And I had, you know, six people tell me in Alan on Nina, just let him do it at God's time. If you two are meant to be together, you know, he's doing everything he can. He freaking left his wife after 23 years. He has a daughter. Like he loves you more than anything. Just chill out, you know, but I'm like, you know, yeah, it's, that's why it's the, the, the third step prayer it's thy will be done it's in god's time it's you know i i have to every every day i get on my knees and i say the prayer and i write and i i feel like for me the program works best when i'm humble i gotta be really humble and i gotta check my ego because i can't tell when my ego flares up because mm-hmm. it, I, it feels so self-righteous. I'm like, well, I, you know, and I, sometimes uh-huh. I can't tell. So I, I constantly need to uh, stay close to the program to check my ego because I will, my ego will cheat me out of the most beautiful things in life. You know, I'll miss out on the mm-hmm. most beautiful miracles because of my fears and my ego. And I'll have a small life because I will only have the life that I can think I can have. You know, where if I live God's will and I just follow the right next indicated action and I stay in discomfort and I want to scream and explode and and, and and I just do another day, then the miracles happen for me. That's how I, I that's how it's worked interesting. for me. I, I always find it interesting the people for whom ego can be the negative, right? We have to get out of our ego and we have to free from the bondage of self, particularly people who are in a career where ego is kind of a commodity right now, it doesn't have to be the commodity, but like it is about you, you are performing, you are getting people to buy into the brand of you, right. On some level at different places. And Claire, you have this in your creative endeavors as well. Like it's a fascinating, uh, 
paradox to be in a in a career. It must be harder, is my impression, than maybe some other careers where you're not so center of attention for work purposes. <clears throat> I don't know either it's thoughts. So, either of your thoughts. It's so interesting, Corey, because I think that the thing that is the that will um, it's the extreme. It's when we're participating in an extreme that we are not, you know, that there is no, but like it's God's ease, balance, and grace. It's not God's extremes. <laughs> it's like, you know, and that doesn't have to be that like what the creative product is, is uh, it, it's not about the product of the thing. I think like for me, like as an artist, it's like, it's not that my, pr the product of what I was creating was extreme, was or wasn't extreme. That's the whole point, right? Is like making something that's eye-opening or making something that's impactful to someone's heart, right? It's about how I am showing up to create that thing and like being a conduit, literally. Like my gifts have come for me are from my higher power. Like I've been given these gifts, you know, and it like in our promises, it says, right, like you'll um you'll risk failure to develop new hidden talents, right? And I feel like that's the path that I am experiencing because unlike you Nina like I went to school I, did, I was top of my class all of these things in directing and then I couldn't get myself to take chances I just worked for other people and did what they wanted and let myself be a victim you know and it was like well I'm not a man so nobody's gonna listen to me like you know and for like from a really early age I knew so much because I grew up with artists and people that were very educated, self-educated, and therefore I was very educated and ar around all kinds of different ways to create, all kinds of different ways to, um, you know, do things. And like as a really young 20-something in the industry, like being on set, nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. And I let myself be a victim around it instead of doing something about it, you know, which is really kind of the, seemingly a little bit of the opposite of your story. Right. And then it's so interesting to hear, like, it's like, yes, you have all the, have had all this success and all these things. And then, but if you're not applying your program, it's irrelevant anyway, it all goes away anyway. And it's like, that's that extreme, you know, and my ego was always just like, <laughs> would get me into the trouble where any time that I had any, but which was all the fucking time. So many mentors wanted to help me all the time. Well, I have a whole editing suite. If you want to come and use it, Claire, you can use it anytime you want. Oh no, 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 no. You know, it was like, I was just such a martyr. It was, and it was all out of fear that if I, I'm going to go, it would like literally, even though that's so many years ago, those kinds of offers were coming all the time. But I know I was declining them because I didn't want to do my work and then be proven that I like was a fraud, didn't have talent, all these things. I didn't want to be embarrassed because in my upbringing, that was the greatest, like that was crushing. That was it. Being embarrassed being and not embarrassed. getting it right the first time. That was it you should be able to get it right the first time. So any anything where it was like that was a that was a possibility where I wouldn't get it right the first time and I wouldn't get that approval, then the opposite of that approval, you know, was was often life threatening. Like my dad was a really, you know, physically abusive drunk. And um and he's not now because he's old. He's still drunk, <laughs> but he's not, you know, it's just like, you know, and he's old and he's like maybe woken up a little bit, but like that kind of growing up in this extreme environment, 
is going to create some sort of extreme outcome, like without God's ease, balance and grace. Right. Like, so for me, it's like, that's how my, uh, that's how my ego showed up. You know, it like, couldn't get, it like, couldn't get me to do, it just got me to be like, Oh, we're just shit. We're just shit. So like, you better not share that with anybody. Uh, you better keep it a secret, you know, Mm. and it kills you. Mm. Or did for me. How do you balance the, uh, the idea that you have to be the center of attention, right? On some level. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're performing. And then also knowing being humble at the same time, because you, you must be being met with applause and rewards. Right. And then how do you keep that humbleness? Um, yeah, I think for me, it's, I've learned what is my intentions. They talk in Al-Anon about check your intentions. Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. it? Do I want to be a movie star and that's what I'm why I'm acting? Do I want to be a rock star? That's what, why I'm singing. What is my intentions? And then I learned in program, you know, what can I give instead of what can I get? So everything that I do, and I tell my sponsees that too, I go into it with what can I give to this situation? What is my talents? And, and, what do I want out of it? And every time, I mean, before this phone call, I'm like, what can I do to be of service before, you know, I have a producer session after this, what can I give? I actually have this and this and this and this I can give. And, and then I turn the results over for me. It's not about getting the attention. It's not about being the whatever anymore. For me, it's about, I, I do the best I can and I compare myself to yesterday and I try right now to live in the gray. And, you know, I, in the past, I would have canceled this podcast because I have a producer session. I got to put makeup on and I'm going to, ah, you know, I need three hours to prep. So yeah. I can perfect where now I, you know, I'll throw on some mascara and I'll show up and suit up because I've learned in Eleanor, we don't have to be perfect. And I just give my gifts. Um, I, I know my strength and I will shine light on them and then give them what I think they're looking for. And then I turn it over and I don't get those highs I used to get, you know, when I used to like do a show and come up a movie, especially shows, you know, you have thousands of people screaming your lyrics are tattooed on their arms and it's just this thing, you know, and I don't, I don't do that anymore. You know, I heard in the rooms about love, you know, if your love life is resembling a a Greek tragedy, you know, you're probably in your disease. Like when the emotions become so big, I'm not in God's will because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if I book the gig. It doesn't matter if the movie says success. It doesn't matter because there's a greater plan. And what matters is I do my best work. I show up authentically. I try to be as honest as I can, I, I try to bring myself exactly how I am to every situation, you know, because as for me, as an Al-Anon, I want to disappear out of my body and do a little tap dance for you. So it's very hard for me to show up to produce a session. And they, then they're going to be like, how are you, Nina? And I'm going to be like, well, you know, I, I just got back from Europe and my mom passed away. So I'm a little low on energy. You know, mm. that's my truth. Like, I You'll be honest. Yeah. Just be honest. Like, why do I have to, hey, you know, that that would be my old me. You know, I'll do it if it feels authentic. But I just show up now and I suit up and that ego thing is is not there. And when I'm there working, I'm so focused on the work most of the time now that I don't, 
you know, and I don't, I try not to judge it. And I, and as soon as I start getting in my head, if I'm doing a good job, if I am, you know, if they'll like me, if, if, you know, I, I, I just go, you know, I used to have a rubber band that I'll snap all the time. I make my sponge C snap it 30 times a day to get back in your body. And remember, why am I doing this? I'm doing this to be the best version of myself, to be the vessel for God, to use me, to be his voice, to bring my talents to whatever it is, makes people laugh, to make people feel whatever it is. And, and, and it just becomes very simple. And then I've learned by living my life like that, I can take chances in, in other areas of my life that I really want to do, you know, where, you know, I'm, I'm directing my first movie at the end of the year. You know, it's like, I don't want to do that, but it just came. So I'm taking the chance. I'm like, God, if you want me to do that, I mean, uh, it's totally not something I want to do, but everyone is pushing me this direction. You know, I have one in 23 and one in 24. So I say yes now and I just do it. If it's there, you know, they, they say God's will is what's happening. So if I can wrap my head around that, you know, uh, I mean, I still don't all the time, but if I can wrap my head around what God's will is what's happening, it's life becomes very simple. And I just do the next right indicated action. And they say, God wouldn't get you this far to drop you on your head. You know, like, right. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, the ego thing for me is the ego things come up when I get in an intimate relationship and I'm scared of getting hurt. That's when my ego mm. comes out. In, Less in, work, in the, more yeah, relationship. Yeah. And, and with work, I just feel it's so much work, you know, to do any of what I do that I just feel very humbled <laughs> all the time. I don't feel an ego. <laughs> you know, it's like you might be on a set with 150 people, but I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I never, I, I never get them. I don't, Alanon took that away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and you can't, I mean, you can't, you can't be in charge of the lighting and the sound and the craft service and be the actor. Like, it's just not possible. You won't well, do a very good job before. of acting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I right. Did. And I, I think your, like the your That's work is always oh. better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing that really struck me about your share was the thin skinned thing, which I don't think we've talked Mm. about a lot on this pod, but I love that. I have, I had that really, really, really intensely to the point that it was, you know, I was in therapy before program and I remember going to my therapist one day and I was standing in line at like Disneyland and there was like an autistic girl behind me and our severe, severely disabled girl at the Alice in Wonderland line. And I like couldn't focus on being at, in Disneyland. I couldn't focus on the ride. I was like pitying her basically and sad for her mm-hmm. and feeling all these feelings. And in therapy, you know, we were sort of working on that, but it wasn't really until I got to the program where, and, and the idea of this third step prayer, right? Like I have no idea. She's probably having the best day of her life. That's my shit. Like, I don't know what's going on with her life, but I couldn't not take in all the stuff all the stuff and and made up stuff in that case right but sometimes it really is a lot a lot of people come to people with a lot of shit all day long right we know that as humans and i couldn't stop it from getting all the way in and just like setting up shop inside so third step really helped me to do that i'm curious you know your journey has been to developing a thicker skin or if it's just been about accepting the thin skinness and building program around that i mean how did you how did you work through that because i think it's a pretty typical al-anon feeling that i've heard 
Yeah, I think, you know, um, I think you have recovery when your story is not affecting you anymore. Like I was a circuit mm. speaker. I talked in prisons. I am so sick of my story. Like I am so <laughs> sick of my yeah. whiny story of what yes. happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and what happens is once I got to that stage where my story doesn't affect me anymore, you know, I used to be my story, you know, I mean, yeah. everything I was fucked because I, I really was, I was on my own at 10 years. My mom left me, you know, I was raped and my mom it's just quite a story. To take a shower, you know, and I was in Russia, but you know, like it was really, you know, I was a victim, but I just, I'm so over it. And what happens is it just gave me the, compassion so to speak that i see some you know i'll give you an example i i did i did a comic-con right i, I do comic-con signings this little fan comes up she's so excited i put my arm around her and she started peeing my manager was like she's peeing right my instinct was oh my god she's peeing in her pants and then i thought you know what nina she's so fucking excited she didn't even notice she was peeing in her pants she was so excited she has tears streaming down her face you know she was like from this small town and she's just she didn't even know she peed in her pants and she was so excited and i was like and maybe she had to like wait in the line and like there's always you know I what even, i mean like yeah. there's so many reasons like she's just like waiting that whole time and then finally got to see like the most incredible person to her and then it was just like she was so present in that moment she just like lost all yeah it's like yeah but i was like should i say something should it be like hey sweetie it's okay and i was like no nina don't take that <laughs> Don't, you know, it's, it's the Eleanor thing. Like when you do a show too, when you've been on stage, my thing used to be, I would come off stage and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That ballad, I was so off, you know, and I'm taking the experience away. Again, it's Eleanor ego that we think that we know better for anyone. You know, again, you point one finger and three fingers are pointing back <laughs> and we're not allowed to judge and, and, you know, don't confuse pity with love. You know, it's like, I just don't, I don't, I don't judge anymore uh, because a lot of these people that, you know, I feel the same, I feel sorry for whatever, they might be a lot happier than someone like me because I have so much awareness and so much knowledge and their life is just very simple for a lot of these people, you know, yeah. so I just. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee that girl was happier than me that day because I was obsessed with her <laughs> and, she re and my whole day was gone and she probably just enjoyed the ride. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't thinking about you at all, I'm sure. Not at all, not at all. <laughs> or herself, or her situation. That's just this is what's happening for her, yeah. yeah. I think it's the three A's. Like, you have to be aware of it, right? And then you have to accept it. It's not a bad thing. And then the action is you just stop. But I think mm -hmm. the awareness is once you start realizing that you're doing it, you can do something about it. Yeah. Like, like you, it seems like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're still becoming aware of it where you're doing it you know that yeah. at least that was my experience like i i had to like constantly feeling sorry you know because it is the first yeah, yeah with I, and i always think that's aligned with step one for me because it's like you know um admitted i was powerless right so if i admit i i have to be aware to admit that i'm powerless if i don't have awareness i have no ability to know that that's happening you know and yes. that my life has become unmanageable so, like i cannot see that if i am not if i don't have awareness around it um but my sponsor always says that awareness is the booby prize you know is like the door prize in program <sighs> so it's like great that's so great you have awareness claire 
do you have acceptance? Like, are you, are you willing to take different action based on once you actually are in real acceptance, not false acceptance, you know? And then it's like, just speaking to being empathetic and what that is and like having, I just feel like I've always been a very, I think all of, again, it is such an al trait to be very sensitive to other people, places and things. Um, and I am very, I am very empathic and have a very, whatever you want to call it, spiritual um, availability to feel other people's feelings deeply, even just by proxy, like without a conversation. Right. And it's, so, and it was, has so interesting to me in program. Like the first time I really realized that I didn't have to participate in that. I was like sitting in this, I was having a great day, went to a meeting, I sat down and I immediately started to feel what to me is like my sickness. Like I know what it feels like to feel ill, like the disease, the dis-ease, right? And I was just like, why am I feeling this way? Like, I, I don't know, you know, but I had that awareness, right? Of self, I had the self-awareness to be like, what's happening right now? Because I, there's nothing that has happened to indicate I would feel this way. And literally the person sitting two seats over from me, like I was just kind of looked around was like clearly having like the worst day of their life, you know, and um, was like crying was like, and I was like, Oh, I'm feeling this other person's feelings right now. And they're not mine. They're not mine. And then I was just like, Oh, and the, and then I just sat there and was like, Oh, those aren't my feelings. Those are someone else's feelings. And I'm not responsible. And then that was it, you know, like they just like dissipated. And then I was like in my own self again, but it's like, how are we not to adapt those kinds of mm -mm. I can't hear her. Oh, we lost you, Claire. You literally just dropped out. I thought Anna. it was me. No, oh, it's Claire. Okay, I'm back now. She's back. back now. Oh, you're back. back now. <laughs> uh, my pronouns are they, them, Nina. You didn't know, but but I'm sharing now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's just like, what is that? Uh, how how are we not to adopt those kinds of behaviors and those kind of those kind of uh, self preservation? You know, growing up in alcoholic homes, growing up in dysfunctional homes, growing up and having and having a history throughout. And like, I'm so tired of the story too, Nina. So I really get that. I think once you let go of your story, uh, you get to be in the present moment and you get to have a new life. And that's like the best fucking thing. And for those out there that are still in their story, it is the acknowledging of that story to that allows you to let it go right we can't let it go unless we actually look at it and i think there's so much denial too this disease is hugely about isolation and denial which is like you know it's a we program like they're all that god is a part of the we for me and that you know is the top of the we is like the guiding force of that we of the program and like all this disease wants to do is isolate us and have us be in denial and um, um until we can actually like see how we once we were not victims anymore, once we came to the place where we weren't children, unable to do anything, because that is when we were truly victims. Uh, but once we became able to make choices, even the smallest ones, starting to identify and be rigorously honest with ourselves about what those things were, and then move forward and make different choices, right? And be open, you know, a bit, just coming back to the topic of the day, you know, being open to 
not knowing what the right choice is, not knowing what that is, you know, letting go of that ego and just being like, like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything for anyone. I know nothing. I don't know what's right for, yeah. for anybody. And every day I pretend like I do. Every day I do something that indicates that I pretend yeah. like I know, yeah. you know, whether it's like my partner being like, oh, I just need to eat something. I'm like, oh, well, what do you want? Maybe you want this. Maybe you want like even to that, you know, that's so harmless. But um, but when when in its extreme, it's it's very harmful, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think that we're so often asked to hold the feelings of our alcoholics. Yes. Addicts, yeah. Right. So yes. that's yes. the codependency to me that you're talking about where it's where you create a situation where our job is to hold and process and see and hear the feelings that no one else will see and hear. And, and yep. uh, it makes us empathetic, empathic, which uh, is one of my character assets, but it also can make me very thin skinned, which I don't call it a defect, but it's definitely difficult. It's more difficult to go through life with being sensitive than unsensitive probably but to me it's more beautiful it's more interesting to be mm-hmm. aware and sensitive to things and and to me the way i did it all was detachment which of course is what this program helps me do is be detached and the only way i got to detachment was through turning it over to a higher power i don't really know another way it's certainly no other way we're offering in this program per se um <laughs> was that a long process for you to get to a higher power to understand that there could be a higher power and and then to turn it over, did you, were you raised believing in a spiritual yeah, power? Yeah. Um, my mom was an atheist and my dad was a Russian Orthodox Catholic. So I had one parent who didn't believe in anything. Everything was science. And I had another one where he would beat the hell out of me. And then he would go and pay money to a church. And then he was all happy, you know, and I had to kiss this gold statues feet and go to Sunday school. Right. So I was like very torn. Um, so when I came, yeah, when I came into program, I didn't have the belief and my, my, uh, I didn't believe in a higher power. My sponsor was like, you can borrow mine. You know, you can, mm-hmm. um, you can, the, when you go to the room, there is a higher power. She's like, when, so I started hiking a lot. I found my higher power in, in that, in the hikes. And then, um, and then slowly, you know, uh, like the, you know, I still don't pray. I have a very hard time praying. My praying is I write, dear God, guide my pen. And that's my praying is even either moving meditation or me hiking by myself or dear God, guide my pen. I write every day and that's my prayer. Um, and I, I, now my higher power is that little voice, you know, like if I get really quiet, I, I hear that little voice and I know I, I, I most of the time know what to do. And if I truly listen, I'm, I'm pretty much always spot on, you know, but it took years to get, I I had to practice. And as I said, I still get on my knees and I, you know, I, 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 I do my prayers as, you know, the serenity prayer, the third step prayer, like those kind of prayers, but I'm not one that sits and have a conversation with God. I do that in writing because it slows down my brain. Yeah. And, um, and I just wanted to say something too about your thin skinned. I mean, I think, you know, I have written right up here, you know, my vulnerabilities, my superpowers, I think, you know, a lot of our defect 
are the strongest parts of us, you know, as Alanons, you know, you are you because you're so sensitive and you take on other people's feelings and all of that. And I think, you know, acceptance is key. And what I, one of the biggest gifts I think in Alanon is to learn where I begin, you know, and another, where I end and another person begin because I didn't have that line. So mm -hmm. I just, didn't know what was my responsibility and what wasn't my responsibility. And it took me a long time to talk to a lot of fellows where they're like, Oh no, this, you know, you say no to this and you walk away. You know, I remember one of my sponsors, she's like, Oh yeah. If someone has pot in the car, I get out. I don't want to be caught with someone with pot in the car. And I was like, you just leave. What do you say? She's like, I just say, I don't want to be around you. You have pot in your car. I don't want to be around you. Like, I didn't even, you know, it's like, we, we don't know that we have those choices. And I think maybe that's one of the things when we see these people and our skin is so thin, we don't know that we have a choice to go, oh, wow, no, no I don't have to sit here and make this story in my head. Because as Alanons, we make stories. We love to create stories that are not real. That's why I have my rubber band. Yeah. And I keep snapping it mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. to get you back in reality. And and whatever that's passed you know, is none of your business. And for me at least, the the lack of boundary between where I end and the other person begins was the point. That's real love. That's real connection. Right. When, when yes, no, that's what I was taught. That is what I was taught. When there is no Correct. skin boundary, when you're merged with someone, that's yes. oh, that's soulmate. That's yeah, that's same. the yes. yes relationship. And so it was almost like having to do something that was the opposite of love. Feels very strange in the beginning. Yes, 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 yes. Which true, is like, which is intoxication in some way, right? Which is yes. no different than yeah. in my, I mean, truly, like in my opinion, but also like scientifically in our bodies, chemically, there's no difference between that and being high mm -hmm. or drunk or under the influence of something else. That hit that we're, that we're getting, and like you said, when you're taught that for so long, that that is that that it it's almost like the uncomfortable, that uncomfortable thing, that thing that's making you uncomfortable, not in a way of growth, because there's a difference, right? Between when I feel uncomfortable, because I'm doing something that I don't want to do, because it's growth and new, and the uncomfortableness that is clearly like my higher power, you know, and my intuition being like, this isn't a safe space, this isn't a safe thing to be doing. This is, you know, just like for you, Nina, that night was like, D you, mm, don't go to your manager, don't go do that. Don't do that. You were like, no, I, a part of you was like, no, I go do that because that's where I go to get the thing that I need. Because in putting myself in danger in my history, that was what I was taught was the, that's it. You're going to have to put yourself in danger in order to be loved. You're going to have to put yourself in uncomfortable places and do things you don't want to do. That's the only way you're going to be loved and accepted. So go do that. Go be with abusive bosses. Go be with abusive partners. You know, abuse yourself. Like, <laughs> because yeah, that's because totally. we were taught that that's what the feeling was that, you know, that we were supposed to be having when in reality, it's like, that's the disease, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think you, the, the more we practice it and, you know, they say stick with the winners. Like, I'm very mm -hmm. careful now who I'm around. Mm -hmm. like, same. Yes. If I, Same. if I don't, when I'm with people and I get off the phone or I'm with people and I start to feel that drained and I'm not energized and I don't feel good about myself, I have, I can't be around people like that. I have to be around people that teach me and elevate me 
so we can get better at where we end and another person begin, you know, it's a daily practice. So I just can't afford, you know, and not even five minutes I'm with someone toxic and I just don't tolerate it. It doesn't matter at this point in my life, what the job is, who they are. I just, yep. I refuse to do it because <clears throat> that's, that's the drug for me. You know, that's my drink. Yeah. Same, same, yeah. same. Now my drink is like being happy, right? Happy, joyous and free. Like truly. And like that, um, I think it's just cause we've talked so much about like the feel, the, the, like the shitty feel, <laughs> the disease. Right. And it's like, well, the recovery though gets to be, um, the opposite. It's, it is kind of the opposite on that spectrum for me anyway. Like, sure. I was, I mean, even yesterday, so such an easy example. I could, there's infinite examples in every moment of every day of my happiness, of being happy, joyous, and free, and having an incredible life, even if I don't have what are some of the cash and prizes that my ego thinks I need to have. Like, I actually have been given so many cash and prizes on and on and on and on, you know, but outside of that, it's like, I was, I was sick yesterday. I, an older version of myself would have been, would have made myself work, would have made myself feel worse would have felt guilty about doing bad work because I was, you know, like all this shit. And instead I got to be the person that lays on the couch with my cat, like slept most, most of the day and had my partner bring me delicious, yummy things, you know, and I, and I was vulnerable and got to say, Oh, it's really hard for me to ask for like, you're being so wonderful. And this is hard for me to ask you to do stuff. And because I picked a partner this time that is emotionally available and vulnerable and present, she came over and just looked at me and was like, I am always here to help you. And I'm so proud of you for asking for what you want. And I was like, Oh, thanks, honey. Thank you so much. And I was like, well, I really would like some more cucumbers with that then, you know, and I feel so, and my inner child really comes out in that space. And then I feel shameful around that, that like, I'm like feeling like this sick kid, you know? And it's like, uh, I get to just be in that space to grow. What a fucking gift. What a fucking gift. Like, how great is my life? Sure, I was sick yesterday, but like I got to have this beautiful experience with my partner where I felt like our relationship got to grow amidst boxes and moving in, you know, and she was so easy does it and loving with me. There was no urgency. There was no guilt around, oh, well, I'm doing this, but I'm doing this for you, even though I have a call. Like nothing. Um, that's like, isn't that what, like, that's what I came here to to achieve right for my progress that's what and like that's what my everyday looks like because of everything we've we've talked about in this episode you know because of showing up for what is instead of trying to make it something else yeah well why don't we uh why don't we read the prayer we usually do a reading at the end and i'd love yeah. to hear the prayer and claire has yeah. it uh, great people aren't familiar with it or if you are all right. So the third step prayer is, and there may be other versions of this out there. So take what you like and leave the rest as always. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power. Thy love and thy way of life, may I do thy will always.
I'm curious to hear, just as we sign off, one thing that has felt like a win from each of you in the past 24 hours around being available for what is, what God is saying, hey, maybe what your higher power, what your universe, whatever your thing is, is like, maybe this instead. And you were like, okay, that instead. And it felt like a win. Mm. Whoever wants you can go. Yeah, I'll run. Yeah, one go. I'll think about it. I cheat. I call my girlfriends every day now for years, and we do five wins, and we do three things we have to do that day musts, and then we do one epic fail because if you didn't fail, you didn't try, and then we do one what we look most forward to. So I literally just did my five win this morning. So wow. I feel like I'm Great. cheating. Wow. You're not cheating. <laughs> no, how, please. How apropos. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> I've been doing it for years. Um, yeah. Uh, my my epic win was um, uh, I, I have a deal. I have a book deal that I managed to get out of. And uh, I've been meeting with other people. And I have this woman who's actually in the rooms and I've been scared of her since day one. You know, I came in like 15 years ago and I would always look at her and she just has her shit together. And even to this day, she's like scares me. We went to coffee and she's super loving, but she just scares me because she's so brilliant and so smart. And you know, she's, she has it all in my opinion. Mm. And, and we just, Everything she says, uh, I'm a secretary at a Wednesday meeting, Wednesday night meeting in person, and she's there and she shared and and it's like every time she shares, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And <laughs> <laughs> so I called her yesterday and I was like, hey, um, I know you've never written a book before, but you've written a million other things and it's outside and you can totally say no. But I have to ask just for my own recovery because I I'm, I'm working on asking for what I want and. I've been meeting with all these people for the new book deal and I, I, I want to do it with you. And she's like, Oh my God. She's like, I'd be honored. She's like, let me know when, what, 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 what do we need to do? You know? So it's like, I've just learned like, just gotta ask. I don't know why it's so hard for me to pick up the phone and ask. Yeah. yeah. And I just always feel like I'm not enough for whatever reason. I mean, she, she, she was like blown away that I would ask her and I was like, what the hell's wrong with you, Nina? Like, and then I go, no, 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 we don't do that. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, asked her good mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. good job. And then I was like, well, maybe she's just saying that and then it's not going to work out. You know, maybe she's just saying that because I just asked her. <laughs> so I did some writing this morning and I was like, you know, if that is the case, that is the case, mm-hmm, you know, just mm-hmm. the fact that you asked you know, again, staying out of the results and, <laughs> and, uh, I just, I asked for what I wanted and that's, what's most important. So that was a huge win for me. I love that. I mean, love it. I think that a win for me right now is doing this pod, frankly. I mean, mm, I haven't, yes, I mean, Nina and I've been texting yes, for like six months. I know. Um, and I keep like not getting back to her in a timely <laughs> manner, being vague, and then Claire's schedule and my schedule. It's just like, but it's mostly me. And I think that um, that's a huge win. I got back on the horse. You know, we I get out yes. of routine, and then the pandemic changed everything. And there, I don't have my new routines. I just got a trainer again. Like I don't know what I do from one minute to the next. It's all just still a flowy, blurry chaos that goes from my bedroom to this office to my bedroom. You know, I don't go anywhere. I don't have an office. There's no people to to work with directly. And so 
and that's just work, right? I could, but I haven't found my meetings and I haven't found my Pilates instructor and I, you know, I've moved. So in a pandemic, this is, this is a big win to get, to get back on the schedule and recommit to something Yay. that I did because it made me happy and was a huge part of my program and, mm-hmm. and was well received, felt like it was of service to people. People and I like want it. To be of service. That was always the thing. We were like, we'll do it if people like it, great. And if not, then we don't need to do it. No, yeah. No, won't. <laughs> I think that's a great win. I'm ego. really excited. It's really just about being of service. So, yeah. Claire, what about yeah. you? Oh, well, I already shared mine. Mine was just, you know, being oh. allowing myself to be sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. That was your big win. Well, yeah. I love that. I have so many wins, Corey. We don't have time for all of that. Those, all I know, those, it's true. All those That's wins. why we stick with the winners like Claire and Nina. Mm. And you too, Corey. I'm so glad we're back. Yeah, I really I'm really am. glad you guys are doing this. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Of course. Any, yes. Anytime. Anytime. All about the recovery. Yeah. Only way to be. Awesome. Only way to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, should we well, say the thing we always so say, much, Corey? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but do I remember what it is? I know. Do we just do the regular was... end? Okay. We're not we doing the serenity do... fair, though. No. We just do. Keep... We just say, keep coming back. Keep coming back. <laughs> it works. If you work <laughs> if it. If you work it. And, and you are worth it. it. You are worth it. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you so much, Nina. All right. No, thank you. This podcast is produced by Claire and Corey. Original music by Austin Bunn. Original Crosstalk logo by Jonathan Grant. Thanks to all our listeners, and keep coming back. <laughs>